Well, there's another one, another podcast for your ass. You know, hey, uh, my name is Adam. I got the beard. Sean is out hunting things in the woods. So, uh, did he catch anything? No, but the two people in his crew did. Got too well. You know what? He went out there. That's all that matters. He got out there, did his thing. That's badass. So let's pay some bills. Uh, this episode of the podcast brought to you by Refined Man Barbershop, uh, downtown Olympia, Centralia. You know where to find them. Refined Man Barbershop on uh, Instagram, uh, on Facebook. Get in there, talk to Miss Shauna, get a haircut, get uh, get yourself seen. Fix your face, fix your beard. Get yourself sorted out. We're also brought to you by Barber Tools. That, uh, you know, you can get yourself a razor, um, blades, um, you get the lotions and creams and the paste for the beard and uh, stuff like that. To check out, you have A H A B B W R for 15% at checkout. Um, tell them I sent you. Also brought to you by Broken Simba Brewery, uh, Dale and KO. Love these two. I love you guys, man. Thanks for uh, for sponsoring the, the podcast. Can't wait for our podcast with them. It would be at the secret location currently right now. We're not going to give any any details out, but you know what? That is what it is. Hey, so uh, while we're waiting for the sheriff, um, we're doing this not because it's a political thing. We're doing this because um, I love my community. I love, I love, there's a, there's people in the sheriff's department that I'm just like, I care for a lot. And for me to give, given this opportunity to speak with not only with Derek and excuse me, deputy sheriff, Derek Sanders. Uh, I also got the opportunity to speak and sit down with uh, D- Sheriff John Snazzy. Now I don't do this for political aspirations because I don't give a shit about that. I think everybody knows me, understands that I'm not here for political uh, gain. I'm not here for any kind of, um, I'm not for or against either one of these two candidates. The sheriff's office is important to me because the sheriff's office maintains the county. Thurston County is going to shit. We know this. But with the sheriff's help, with the way they're cleaning up uh, all the little communities and getting rid of the, trying to get rid and fight the whole meth addiction the whole junkies you know stealing cars and catalytic converters not only is the sheriff's department helping the local cities and jurisdictions but they're just they're an active force and they're very strong in our community so i encourage you people to please who are listening go and vote whether it's my county your county i don't care which county it is but just be just listen and maintain and see what these people are up to because they're great people they're they're out there risking their lives you know i'm not saying that the thin blue line is is what it's at but it 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 is what it's at you know what i mean support support your local law enforcement man make make sure they take care of you and watch out for you because it's 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 a funny thing so without further ado i'm going to bring in to you now uh it's my extreme honor my extreme uh pleasure to not only to interview this man but to interview a guy who i keep hearing um amazing things you know this guy's he's he's the future he's he cares he he's just 
what can I say? Dep- uh, a deputy sheriff, Derek Sanders. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Not, not bad. Not bad. I keep hearing. Uh, I, I usually when I start these podcasts, I have to give. You know, I got to pay my bills. Got to, you know, of course, the sponsors. You know, tell me. You know, I got to say this or I got to say that or I got to pay the bills and and so the introduction for you was uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to remind these people that I I don't really I'm not a political. I'm not politically driven. <laughs> you right. Know, you know what I mean? But this right. for me is is big. It um the sheriff's position is huge. And and this is my opportunity to present you to who I listen to the people who listen to me. They get to hear you. You know, I got yeah. I got shit on. I got roasted for having the sheriff John Snaza on here. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and here's the thing. It's like, you know, the sheriff is a respected position for me, right? Here, yeah. here I have you, Mister, Mister, you know, soon to be, maybe, maybe soon to be deputy yeah, sheriff, maybe. anyway, right? Yeah, so I have you in front of me. Let me ask you a few questions and let's just roll with it. See what happens, huh? Yeah. All right. What made you want to be in law enforcement? Why? Oh, uh, why sheriff you know, department in particular? The sheriff's office. Well, you know, there were a number of things. Um, I think my my childhood, my past kind of was built into that, right? I had a lot of contacts with law enforcement as a kid, uh, mostly coming to arrest my stepdad. And, um, you know, early on, I was um, at one point in time, we, we weren't doing very good. It was me, my mom and my sister. And we were we were homeless, essentially going between domestic violence shelters and whatnot. And I got uh, was fortunate enough to be selected for the whole cop, the shop with a cop event. Um, and, you know, got to go hang out with the police officers for a day and they took me on the shopping spree to get myself presents and, and, and presents for my family, you know, and at that point in time, we didn't have a tree, you know, and so it was cool to, uh, to be a part of that. And then I got hired on at Lacey police department at 20 years old and was then on the other side of that, wearing a uniform, doing the same program. And so, um, you know, a lot of the reasons on the personal side of stuff, um, you know, probably, probably a, a testament to my past, but on the professional side of things, I'm in law enforcement because I like putting bad people in jail. Um, <laughs> you know, that's what I do. And and that's that's really what drove me to the sheriff's office. Right. Like before all the laws changed, um, we were like the pinnacle of like, don't run. Oh, right. Like that's what everyone like. I feel like down at like the core of law enforcement, that's where like the that's where the excitement is, is, is you know, don't run from us. Yeah. Don't run. The cities might not chase you, but we'll chase you to the border. Um, and so that was probably why it was more of a sheriff's office thing for me as opposed to anything else but uh yeah yeah, you know i just i i developed a reputation not just at my department but throughout the county that you know if you needed someone found um you just call Derek up and you know did did or did you just take a stolen car we'll call him up let him know what the description is let him know if there's any any specific you know insignia on it and he will go find it for you um and so you know kind of the nickname was uh shit magnet um, you know, I gotta keep it politically politically correct now. So cut it loose. Um, cut it loose. Let's hear it. Because this is yeah. what we need. And on this show, there's no censorship. I get a lot of heat from uh from uh my friend Elizabeth down at the Tosa County Chamber of Commerce. She's like, You gotta stop swearing. <laughs> I tried that, right? So I went like right. you know, it was 250 plus words uh swear words uh a day. Well, I got it down to like 240. So Right. There you go. You're working it with, you're working it out. Yeah. We got to work it down a little bit, but, but yeah, you right. know, I, I developed that reputation quick and yeah, I heard, I heard that. I, just, I heard yeah. 
I just yeah. I like catching people. I like I like putting people that deserve to go in jail. I like taking them to jail. So that's good. Okay, so that's a little history that I was like, I'm really. That makes me happy to know that you're you come from real humble beginnings, but you come 360 back and like, you know, yep. full circle and give back to the community. So, uh, yep. so what else? Uh, so this this might lead right into this next question. It's like, what are you most passionate about? this job what is the most the one thing that you're like oh man this is why i get up in the morning or this is why i get up at night and go yeah. do my job um you know i think as kind of a general like a general sense i think it's just good police work um and, and everyone everyone knows what that is um you know it, it's taken the extra time to, to handle people's issues uh because you know in law enforcement you know something that something that I've observed is right. Like we can be extremely lazy or we can be extremely hardworking. And when you unlock that hardworking side in cops, I mean, like the sky is the limit, right? I mean, it's, it's getting to that point, but I think um, just instilling that, that kind of like that sense of, of doing good police work um, because that's, that's very vague, but it includes so many different things, right? It, it includes making sure that domestic violence victims feel heard um, it, in, it includes, you know, making sure that you're having that good contact with the kid on scene um, to let them know that you're not a robot. You know, you're not just some you know tyrannical arm of the government there to, you know, take their parents to jail or whatever it is, whatever it is that you're there for. Um, you know, it's it's taking the time to to really actually have real conversations with people. Um, that's what good real police work is about. Um, like we just talked about, there's an exciting element to it. And, you know, most cops will tell you that that element is like less than 1% of the job. Um, you know, very, you know, you spend 10 hours a shift sitting in your car and then you spend five of it chasing someone on foot. Um, and so, you know, very, very small portion of our job is actually the really exciting, sexy stuff. A lot of it is building relationships, um, you know, the community-based policing, but it really, community, all community-based policing is conversations. That's, that's all it is, um, you know, and, and just trying to get to a point where we are bringing up the next generation of police officers to make good decisions for the good for, for good reasons, um, especially with recruiting and, and retention being so horrific right now. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's a concern for everyone, but we have to make sure that we are addressing these issues and that we're really getting back to the core function of police work, which is to be embedded with our community and, and handle the problems. That's all we're here for. Do you think that your your past might come? come into play when you come in um as far as like domestic violence situations do you think that your your compassion for that comes out and you connect personally with when, with situations like that if it's too deep <laughs> we won't go there but um i feel sometimes like, yeah. sometimes yeah um mostly when kids are around right um that's kind of my i mean that was my experience was was as a kid it, right. it does two things and i've had this conversation with a lot of people it so the prosecutor's office, and I, I fully agree with them, There, there's obviously a lot. When you look at the statute of domestic violence, it includes a whole lot of things. It includes the worst of the worst, you know, husband murders wife. And it goes all the way down to the bottom of like two drunk uncles at a barbecue who don't even live together, who get into a fist fight over a sports team. Right. And it covers everything in between their roommates, siblings, uh, parent, child. It covers everything. And so. Yeah. It does definitely, I think there is sort of a personal thing for me when, 
when you get like the really bad DVs, right? When you can clearly see what the prosecutor's office is focusing on, which is the power and control dynamic. Um, there's not much of a power and control dynamic between two drunk uncles fighting over, you know, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the power and control dynamic occurs from repetitive abuse, gaslighting, you know, all those things that eventually lead to physical abuse. Um, so there's definitely a personal connection there for me, but there's also, you know, there's, there's like a bullshit meter, right. Um, of like, you know, I felt I experienced like legitimate abuse. And so when I see people who are like, well, you know, he won't let me, um, spend this money or, you know, he, um, he cheated on me, right. Or whatever it is, right. There's, there's, there's different levels to this. And, and what I don't like to see are the people that like abuse it, right. Or like, for instance, the people that get protection orders and then use those protection orders to like manipulate the other person, oh. right? Like, oh yeah, there's an order in place. I went and got it. Law enforcement came out here. They served that person. That person's out of the house. And then I let that person back into the house. And now every time they don't do the dishes, I call 911. Oh. Um, you know, we see a lot of the manipulation with like protection orders because Washington is a single direction state when it comes to enforcing those. So right. Um, you know, like there's, there's, there's two different sides to it. There's, there's the one side where I, I feel a personal connection and the other side where I, I don't like people that are abusing the system that's been put in place to protect them. Yeah. So your meter's on point. You can't yeah, pick up. I try, to be. Quick. I try yeah. to be. And we're not always right in law enforcement. That's what makes it tough too, right? Is a lot of what we're doing with domestic violence stuff is trying to use intuition. Um, yeah. There's a number of different things you can build to create a criminal case against someone in a domestic violence incident, but a lot of it is also intuition. Um, you know, what, what are the vibes that people are giving us on scene and things like that. So. Dang. So um, this question is kind of a, kind of an interesting one. And I want to see, I want your response for sure. What was an eye opening moment that you noticed that you were making a difference? Ooh. Um... <laughs> this is big for me because you can always gauge somebody who they are. They're, they're a testament to to humanity, who um, who they are as a person, who they are as an yeah. LEO, who um who they are as an emergency responder. Who it, this is this is big for me personally. So you know, I think when you look at like law enforcement, right? There's almost like a celebrity side of law enforcement. You know, if you're a part of these like Facebook groups that are for law enforcement, you see. You see, so I work in a, in a very small department. In the grand scheme of things, our department's not very big. You know, we've got 250 plus employees somewhere right in there. Um, you know, we're the sixth largest sheriff's office in the state, but in the grand scheme of things, 250 employee department is very small in this country. And so um, you kind of see like in other states, huge departments, you know, officers making these crazy arrests and these crazy drug busts and doing all these crazy things that make, make the news, right? Like huge news things. And so- what was interesting to me and where I realized where I was really making a difference was there was a human trafficking case that I cracked open. Okay. Um, oh, 2000, 2018, I had less than a year on. Um, and maybe I had a year on, but basically got this super vague report of like a sex offense kind of thing. And long story short, it ended up in an in-custody arrest, a search warrant into a phone that led to child porn, um, human trafficking, patronizing juvenile prostitutes, all these different things. It crossed state lines. Um, it involved, you know, an individual who was trying to basically, he was in the early stages of trying to start like a prostitution, like a juvenile prostitution ring across state lines. Um, and 
we cracked that thing open and solved it in one night. Um, got him in, got him in jail. He ended up getting sentenced to, I think like 23 years in prison or something like that. And so that was where I kind of realized that, you know, it's not just in these big metropolitan area, metropolitan areas that are getting these, these big issues. Thurston County is a hub. We are on I-5. Um, and so that's where I think I really like, and I was pretty young at that point in my career. I don't maybe 18 months on, um, and I got a lot of high marks for that investigation. Ultimately detectives came in, you know, we started getting like the, the, the task force involved and stuff. Um, the prosecutor came out, helped me write the search warrant. Um, and that was where I kind of started realizing, you know, I think we had three or four juvenile, uh, female victims. That was where I started realizing that like a difference could be made, even in the small areas out here that we still have people that live here that need our help. That's, that's crazy, man. That's massive. He did impact those, those, those four people, at least, you know, those four. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, again, like it's hard to speculate, but you know, how had that had the person not come forward to report this and, and have the investigation not taken place and had the steps not been taken to basically like kill this thing before it ever got off, you know, how many, how many juvenile female runaways? Cause that's what he was doing. He would. Oh. So when the sheriff's office and the, and Lacey PD would post bulletins for juvenile runaways, he would find them before we did. Oh, wow. And basically, yeah. So it kind of it kind of opened my eyes up to something too, right? Like, you know, there's a risk and reward there to posting juvenile runaways um, because, you know, a lot of people are going to be looking for the kid to help them. And then you're going to have a couple predators out there who are thinking, you know, if I can get there first, you know, if they have daddy issues or something, maybe I can. And so that's what was going on. Um, oh. And yeah. I, so how many other, you know, future female victims did? Did that ultimately save so that's where i really realized like you know the most mundane call it seemed um turned into a legitimate like he was arrested for like 17 different felonies so that's a big thing man that's huge yeah yeah <laughs> that's a huge yeah thing, man. Well, it was it was it's probably the the biggest like most impactful case i've ever had still to this day well kudos um, to you but, man I, that's that's good yeah, police work that's it. it's, yeah Good, good police work right like following through and like taking the time and i remember doing so much follow-up like the the victims families and stuff like that just trying to ensure them that like we got to get them on the right path now now that now that they're safe we got to ensure that they stay on that path so yeah. that was my next question what, what did the follow-up look like and it sounds like it was uh you were on point with that so that's cool yeah so yeah. my next question to you as the sheriff yeah or as the deputy sheriff you know, whichever title is, you know, appropriate. What does leading and developing your crew look like? I mean, let's say, let's, let's, let's say, Hey, you win, win the election. You're the sheriff. Yeah. Now, what does your leading and developing your crew look like? Well, I'm in a unique position, right? Because a lot of times the sheriff, the sheriff is like, you know, you, you look to like the progression of the police department, right? The sheriff is usually like, an officer or a deputy who became a sergeant, who became a lieutenant, who worked his way up to captain, and then maybe got a chief position. And then by that time, you know, the current sheriff wants to re wants to retire, and then they run for sheriff as someone who's already embedded. Um, I'm an outsider, so I'm a I'm a deputy. I'm not part of the cool club. Um, I just go to work and go and go home. And so um, I'm a complete outsider. And what that's going to look like is that. You know, I'm, I'm to my knowledge, I've been told that I'll be the youngest sheriff ever elected in the state um, at 29 years old. So every single person who's going to get appointed um, to the executive positions around me will all be older than me and more knowledgeable than me. And so I think a lot of people have a hard time understanding that because they think, well, 
you know, you're the sheriff, you're, you're the leader, what can you teach them? Um, and that right there is where I disagree with what leadership is about because leadership, I don't have to go teach these lieutenants that I'm going to be appointing to these positions, how to do their jobs. What I need to do is put them in the best possible situation for the best, the best version of themselves to succeed and pull our sheriff's office up out of the shadows. That's what, that is what needs to occur. Um, so as, as sheriff, what it's going to look like is ensuring that the policies that we have put in place are not forgetting about the little guy. Because right now I'm the little guy. And I'll tell you what, it gets tiring just getting shit on all the time. Truly, it does. 100%. I mean, and, I and these conversations are occurring every single night around the department. Um, and, you know, the cool thing about running for sheriff is at first there were a lot of people that were skeptical. Now you can see people with a different, they've been texting me, sending me photos of their ballots with the people who work at the sheriff's office. There's like a light at the end of the tunnel now. Um, yep. You know, there's a little bit of hope because right now I don't think there's much hope. Um, I think there's a lot of despair. There's not much. I have. We haven't heard good news in a long time. Right. Um, and I think people are just um, excited to see maybe a different approach taken to the sheriff's office. And so that to me is what it's going to look like is, is not forgetting the little people and making sure the policies we have in place. Ensure that the 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 command positions also don't forget what it's like, right? So like one of my policies is going to be, you know, once a month, regardless of your rank or title, you'll go work, you know, a little four hours of your day will be spent on patrol. You're just going to drive around. I don't care if you sit there and listen to the police radio in the Maconi's parking lot for four hours. Um, You're going to go listen to it then. You're going to listen to what your subordinates and your coworkers are going through on the road um, because that's a difficult it is it is probably still the most difficult portion of of police work is patrol. Um, you know, detectives is a lot more laid back. It's a lot more. I think there's a lot more brain work that goes into detective work. Um, but patrol work is like mopping the floors at McDonald's, you know, as opposed to to being, you know, the manager of the shift. And so it's it's the grunt work still. And and it's it's really important work. It is the most visible part of our sheriff's office. So to me, that's what the leadership will look like um, at the sheriff's office is just taking the people that are way way smarter than me they have way more experience in putting them in the best position possible to succeed it sounds like that you draw from experience and speak from experience like it's it's pretty it's really refreshing to hear that you're actually you care about everybody around you what yeah what does the balance look like now i mean you know i hear now that you've got these policies you're thinking about but what is the balance between you know all your deputies who are you know all all of them are overworked i mean including yourself all overworked you're understaffed you got retention problems what does the balance look like i know that despite that balance you know despite the the lack of personnel despite the, the 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 lack of deputies and staff what does the balance look like well i think the balance the, the tough part for me when I look at morale around this department um, and and being overworked and stuff like that, right? Like I would love to be taking some time off to campaign. Um, unfortunately, there's like 17 overtime details for the next week that just come out. So, you know, I, make no mistake, you know, the overtime is out there and people are getting overworked and it's ultimately going to lead to mistakes because people who are overworked are tired. Um, I think the balance looks like working with the union to ensure that as we, because a lot of people have this impression and I, I think it's probably true that like, if I'm elected, like the wheels are going to start turning around this place because they haven't, we've been at kind of a standstill over the last year, the laws changed. 
people are tired and they're burnt out and they're just kind of sitting around and I want to get us out of that funk. And so that the balance is going to be important because as we, as I try to now encourage and incentivize our deputies to go out and do traffic stops and do all these, all these proactive contacts that drive crime down because crime is exploding currently. We also have to remember that we still don't have the bodies that we are still hurting on patrol, that we're still hurting in the jail. Um, support services is a is a you know a rotary circus of of new employees coming in every week, and there's going we're going to have to develop a system that allows the people that are carrying the burden of overtime to take days off. Um, so the way that I'll be doing that is I will be returning comp time back to the deputies, um, so that the deputies that are working overtime, who are picking up all this slack, will have the option to instead of taking time and a half pay. We'll be able to take time and a half hours off in compensation time, and then those deputies will get priority to get days off that they need. Um, so that important, man. It's really yeah, important. Um, and it's 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 a huge thing when it comes to morale and stuff too, right? Like huge. Yeah. Th- there is, you know, in, in today's day and age, work life balance is almost everything. Um, and you know, when you've got deputies working 16, 15 hour days, and then they can't get you know their brother's wedding off, I, I don't know of a quicker way to lose an employee. Right. Is oh, right. is to overwork them and then not allow them to attend the things that are more important to them than work. Um, that's that's pretty much it. And same thing with like support services. Right. A huge demand that we have not kept up with with our support services team is remote work. Yeah. You're, you're going to have to start looking into into allowing remote work. Um, I get that you want people in the office and you want to see their face. But, you know, with inflation going crazy high and look at the price of gas. Um, we're not keeping up with our competitors at like the state because the state is offering 100% telework. Um, you never have to come to the office. We'll just buy you a laptop and you can work from home. <laughs> and so we've lost, I don't know, four support services staff to the state. That would never happen before, right? Like the state never. was like, people came from the state to us. right? And so we're going to have to keep up with the competition when it comes to that kind of stuff. And it's all about that balance. Um, yeah, that's fighting huge. for the balance to, to keep people engaged and not and not burnt out. So uh, speaking of burnt out, I mean, how does, what does the mental health look like amongst, amongst the deputies? I mean, I'm not saying that you're lower level, but, but everybody underneath the boots on the ground, the, the guys and girls in the cars, what does the mental health look like on those, on, on those deputies, man? I mean, being overworked, being tired, what does the mental yeah. health look like, man? When's the, uh, where's the break for that? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I know that we have an employee wellness program now, but you know, it, it hasn't done, it hasn't, it, it has done things, but it hasn't done things for like, you know, the person who's just on patrol and tired. Um, the mental health side and stuff that we have done a really good job on uh, credit to our Lieutenant, Lieutenant Carla Carter and, and the sheriff is, you know, they institute like the rebound program. So if you're hurt on duty, then you get, you know, preferential treatment um, to get you back, back to work sooner and, and faster and fully healthy. Um, you, you know, they've, they've looked into things like that, but, you know, I think the bigger mental health, um, the bigger mental health stuff, there's gaps in that too, right? Like I've been involved in shootings where I didn't fire my gun, but I had a gun pointed at me and, and they, they send you right back to work. Um, wow. yeah. And so there's, you fall through the gaps. In fact, there was a shooting where myself, and another deputy didn't fire our pistols, um, but had a gun pointed at us and, the next day, they put my coworker who had a gun pointed on him up at the hospital to sit on the suspect, the person who pointed a gun at him, right? And so 
there are things that fall through the cracks. And I think that's the kind of stuff that over, over a period of time, like you add that into that deputy's daily stressors to his job. Those are the kind of things that make people snap over time. Over um, time. Yep. And so, you know, like one of the things that I'm really, I'm really interested in doing, and I think it's a benefit to everyone is um, I will be working with the guild to see if, and I think they, I think they'll be totally open to this, but to adjusting our ships um, so that there's a little bit more overlap on each of our ships. Cause we have five start times in a 24 hour period um, to allow each team, each shift of deputies um, to have one hour of workout time on duty. Yeah. Um, Hell because, yeah. you know, obviously, like, obesity is not good in law enforcement. We do a lot of sitting and stuff like that. And then, you know, I mean, that's all it takes, right? You sit in your car for six hours and then someone fails out of a stolen car and you go to chase them and you tear your hamstring off the bone. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's, it's also part of that work-life balance. You know, when you talk to these these deputies who, are, who take their physical fitness very seriously, you know, how many of them really have the energy after a 16, 15-hour day? to now go to the gym and then still somehow find time to see their kids. Um, If we can just cut that hour out of their day, then not only will it improve their work-life balance, but we'll ensure that we're still getting a refined product on the back end, a deputy that can actually, you know, can to without any exceptions can handle your call for service. Um, So those are the kind of things that I'm trying to, uh, I'll, I'm going to get to work on this stuff right away. To try and resolve some of this stuff, we have a lot of deputies that want to take their physical fitness um, seriously, but it's difficult to do if you're overworked um, and don't have the time to to do it. And so, um, that's those are some of the small things that I think will go a long ways to improving the mental health, improving the morale, um, improving the physical fitness, and then you can tie a physical fitness incentive in there, right? You can nice. say, hey, um, we're we're not judging you by your success; we're judging you by your work ethic. Uh, you know, if you if you check the box and worked and worked out on 75 percent of your shifts throughout the year, you get two additional floating holidays to take off um, <laughs> whenever you want. Right. Like these That's are the awesome. kind of things that like you can continue yeah. to feed into a positive, a positive system um, to keep people in shape, keep them healthy, to keep them mentally, mentally fit um, and, and push us forward. I think that it seems like that uh, a little bit of young blood is what's going to need that sheriff's office, huh? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I just I see things differently than John. Um, I think we both want public safety. I, I don't think John is out here like trying to incorporate things that like tear this place down and and, you know, you know, make crime explode in the county. Um, but I do think that even though the goal for both of us is public safety, we're each going to get there in, a, in an entirely different fashion. You know, something that really caught my eye about you that that really kind of really intrigued me to actually even want to speak on this whole sheriff, sheriff running for sheriff situation yeah. I heard something that John, uh, the sheriff, John Snaza said about you and your reply was what I remember the most. You're like, Oh, I respect John, you know, a, a, a sheriff, John Snaza. I respect him. I respect it's, it's like, it's stuck in my head and you yeah. said it and you were like, and you're like, but here's how I feel, or this is what I think about the situation. And you didn't cut him down. And it felt like the sheriff was yeah. cutting you down, but you have this respect that yeah. is just tremendous. Do you think that respect here? I mean, well, obviously it does resonate, but it, will it resonate throughout the community when they see somebody like you in a position that you're in respecting the sheriff, even if you're trying well, to run to get that position? Yeah. And you know, like, my relationship with the sheriff has been interesting because, you know, 
for some context, three years ago, like I was his cheerleader. Um, I was like, I had the pom-poms. I had the John Snaz of pom-poms everywhere I went. Um, I was like publicly endorsing him and supporting him on Facebook, on social media. I was like, he's our sheriff. No one will ever run against him. He's, he is like invincible. He is a household name. We love our sheriff. Um, and then, you know, like things change, right? Like I look at things and I'm like, well, like I'm not, I'm not like blindly, I'm not a blind follower. So at some point in time, if things go the other direction, like I, I'm someone who will recalibrate, recalculate and be like, oh, like it's not looking so good anymore. Yeah. Like I, I'm constantly taking in information and processing it and moving on. Like, I think a lot of people have, they get stuck in like that. Well, John's a nice guy. John is my friend. And I'm like, yeah, but look at the facts, look at the information that's out there. Right. Like we are struggling and it's, it's only getting worse. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the context for that is that John hired me. Right. Like John commissioned me. He, he gave me my first shot at being a a, a deputy. Um, And so for that, like, there is a sense of loyalty to that, you know, and it's difficult to, it's difficult to move past. It's, it's not something where like John's my enemy or anything like that, because on the other hand, like John, John gave me this position. He gave me a platform to even know what I'm talking about right now. Um, That being said, you know, John did say some stuff about me that I I thought, and and it's, it's been super weird because this is not how it normally goes. Um, Normally, right. If you have an issue with your, with, I'm learning this. I'm new to politics, but politics is really just a reflection of normal life, right? Yeah. Um, it's really no different. It's it's no different. Politics is just like high school. It's it's high school all over again. Right. And so, you know, normally if you had like a problem with with the other candidate, you would be really nice to them out in the public and to their face. And then behind closed doors, you go tell your friends like, "Oh my god, this guy's such an idiot. You know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I can't believe he said that." John took the opposite approach. Behind closed doors, nicest guy. Mm-hmm. nicest guy like he even got to, at the end like almost kind of like mentoring me a little bit he's like you know when the commissioners will be next to us talking about something he like lean over he goes oh so those are you know those are these kind of funds you know and and here's how they try to hide the money from the sheriff's office and i'm like okay cool yeah. and then he gets on stage and you know this this deputy doesn't have any integrity he doesn't have any character you know and i'm just like John, I, I'm I'm going to work for you tonight. I'm literally in four hours, not even four hours. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put your badge and your patch on and drive around in your county and do law enforcement on your behalf. So, is there something we need to talk about, John? Right. Um, but you know, so it was it's it's really been a strange a strange experience for me because normally it would be the other way around, right? In public, he'd be super nice and you know he's a great deputy. And then behind closed doors, he'd be like, you know, we don't like him very much. He's not a good kid. Right. right. Um, so, yeah, I, I just my whole thing is that when I ran for sheriff, like I tell you what, in the first two weeks, I probably got like 18, 19, 20 people reaching out with me with like, hey, I have this dirt on John. Hey, I have this. Hey, did you know about this? <laughs> All this personal stuff. Right. Wow. Like not anything. And, and right from the beginning, I was like respectfully like no thank you like if it has to do with his official capacity as sheriff like i'll I'll, i'd like to know about that right if you have legitimate issues about his professional life that i need to know about that's fair game to me but i'm like i don't care about his personal stuff right like i it's just that's that's like between him and his doctor and him and his wife or him and whoever it is right like that's that's not for politics for me um so i made the decision very on very early on that like i would rather like win just clean um or or lose clean like one way or the other and so um i wasn't going to attack john i've been critical i've been super critical of, of policies 
policies, procedures, and actions taken within his official capacity as sheriff. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm on him all the time. Um, but personal life stuff, I, I don't know. So, you know, that response for me wasn't, it wasn't like something I had to fight. It's not like I had this huge urge to, to bury him. I was just like, well, you know, John, I'm like, John doesn't actually believe that. I think that's, that's where I, I that's where it was easy for me to be like, eh, well, you know, yeah, he's, he's saying that now, but right behind the closed doors, he's not saying that, um, you know, when he handed me my mellow valor award, he didn't say that right. uh, when he handed me my, my life-saving award, he didn't say that. Right. Uh, when he handed me my second life-saving award, he didn't say that. And so, you know, the I I don't know. I just I I kind of blew it off to politics and how some people want to want to run their campaigns and you know, not going to be me though. Yeah, I, I I see that, and that's what I, I what inspires me and and kind of wants me to push people to to get out and vote. You know, but yeah. but I want people more importantly to get out and notice how you two. Speak speak about each other yeah you know what i mean so like it's I, important it's, it's important. important it's very and you important. know one of the big quotes that i've that i that i i carry with me every day um from the beginning from the very beginning even before i launched my campaign one of like the my favorite quotes was always you know be careful how you treat people who you perceive to be underneath you because life has a funny way of favoring underdogs and 100%. Here we are, right? Like are. next thing you know, I win the primary by five percentage points, and and it's just been it's been full steam ahead ever since. And so um, it's something that if I win, and whether I win or lose, but definitely if I win, I'm going to carry with me, right? Like remember, like when this deputy pisses you off because they because they messed something up. Remember how you treat the people that you know you perceive should have known that they should have known better, right? Um, because I do think that life has a funny way of, of working when it comes to that kind of stuff, right? Like you can address things that need to be addressed um, without putting people down. Oh, I agree. hundred percent. How much time we got, sir? We got, uh, what's, uh, what's your time looking like? Um, so I got about 25 minutes. Excellent. I got, I got four questions. You ready? Let's, let's, yeah. let's do this let's do fast. It. Let's do it. Deputy Sheriff gets off work. He's cruising down the road. What's he listening to? What kind of music is he listening to? Oh man, a John whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, Don't say Metallica. Oh shit! Okay. Um, Metallica, <laughs> Polo G. I like rap. Um, okay. Wu Tang Clan. Yep. Eminem. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I'm just like I'm going through my playlist right now. <laughs> what I've got going on, you know, G Easy. Um, J Cole is one of my favorites. Um, Public Enemy. And then, like, I get down with, like, some weird stuff, too, like Ed Shereen, you know? Some of his stuff is just catchy to me, and I'm just like, man, like, I, just, I can't, I can't, I can't skip forward. I can't skip forward right now. Like, gotta listen I, to it. I, I've never heard this song before, but I know the words somehow. <laughs> so, yeah, I listen to a whole bunch of stuff, a um, whole bunch of stuff. Pretty much every genre, like, I don't listen to any classical music, no. um, but I like classical music sampled. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. So you're off work. You're hanging out. You got yourself a cold one. What, what's on the grill? Oh, what's on the grill? Well, I'll tell you what. For the first time last night, I, I was I got tired of eating the same thing on patrol. I, I threw I went to Safeway and then I went and stole all the firefighter stuff at their at their station and and grilled up some tri tip, oh, um, okay. just right there with some with some garlic butter right in their kitchen. Like like I I was just straight up like it was a, a big middle finger to the firefighters. I'm like this is what you guys normally do. Okay, now I'm up in your kitchen while you guys are out, you know, helping someone out of bed and and I'm cooking in your kitchen right now. And so 
Um, yeah, yeah, I really gave it to the firefighters. Now I cleaned up my mess, so unfortunately, like they don't even know if that occurred last night. <laughs> somehow, but yeah, yes, I like I steak. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big steak guy. So tri tip. Um, New York is my favorite strip. Yeah, um, ribeye, but I like it all. Yeah, New York is my one of my favorites around here. Oh yep. yeah, right on the Traeger and throw it on there. Yeah, four twenty five. Yeah, for- right on the Traeger or a charcoal grill, one of the two. Oh, it's perfect. All right, man. Uh, th- those are the two questions I had. They were more so like just to kind of like let's get to know you. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I invite you, regardless of how the situation comes out there, turns out you know the political situation and yeah. the office, whatever, whatever the outcome. I invite you to come back. Let's talk about the whole experience after. Afterwards. Yeah, I'd like to. It's been. I don't have any. I don't have any regrets. Um, it's been a unique, a unique position, right? Like. Very few people in this country run for political office. Very, very few. I mean, I am part of a, I am part of the 0.1% of the 0.1% of people who actually put in for public office. Out of that 0.1 of 0.1%, I am a fraction of a fraction of a fraction, like 10 zeros of a decimal of the people who run against their incumbent boss. Um, And so it's been, it's been a ride. I'll tell you that much. It's, it's been a a complete ride. Um, and you know, some of it was good, some of it was bad, but it was it was an experience either way. Yeah, it's a learning experience because oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I caught what, on quick though. What's the yeah. strategy that if you don't get it now, you get it later? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's always a possibility. You just never know what the future holds. You never do. You never man. know. You never do. So I like I said, man, let's uh, let's uh, let's get back on here again here and and shoot the shit and see what happens. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You know, again, it's it's been good. Um, I'm glad that we were able to reschedule this and <laughs> get it too. in, you know, and <laughs> yeah, too, this is the kind I'm... of stuff I enjoy. This is the easy side of politics, right? Is just is just chatting about stuff and, and yeah. different things that you want to do and whatnot. And yeah. you know, my big thing is that I just I want to know, right? Like I'm curious. I, I have I have I have a general sense of curiosity of like, you know it seems like people get into these huge positions of power and it changes them so drastically, right? Yeah. Like it changes, it changes the way they do things because, you know, everyone starts at the bottom at some point. Yep. And then, you, you, you know, eventually you get to the top and, and I just, I can't help but feel like everyone goes into this. Right. And, and that's why I'm looking at this as objectively as possible, but everyone goes into it. I'm still going to look out for the little guy. I'm not going to forget where I came from. Yeah. Um, and then you just see things continue to tumble downhill and, you know, I'm just I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that I'm I'm genuinely curious about, like, you know, there's a lot of things I want to do with the sheriff's office and how many of them are truly impossible and how many of them just require long hours, yeah. um, a lot of unpaid work. How, how does how 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 true is it? Right. Because you hear both sides of it. You hear, well, you know, it's not what you think when you get in there. And then you also look at stuff where you're like, yeah, but I'm seeing some evidence that suggests that, you know, a little more like a little more work ethic probably could have resulted had, had a different result. Right. Um, so, you know, I'm just, I'm genuinely curious um, in the event that I get in there. And the cool thing for me is that I plan on continuing to share my, my experiences with people through social media and stuff like that. Right. Like that's something that I definitely want the sheriff's office to engage in is a, is a more transparent, like social media presence of like, Hey, like we're going to throw a GoPro in with our deputy tonight. You're going to, you're all going to go on a ride along with them to see what it's like from the vantage of their patrol vehicle. Right. Um, And then same thing with me, right? Like I kind of want to take people on the ride with me of like, here's what it's like to be the sheriff today. 
right? Like I attended meetings <laughs> from, <laughs> you know, eight till 2 p.m. in the afternoon. And uh, but one of the things for me is that, you know, I'll be for me and money isn't going to be a concern. I feel like the, the sheriff's salary is so bloated when you compare it to like a normal person's salary. So um, I'll be working long hours. Um, I'll be still handling calls. Um, I plan to take care of my administrative duties during the day and then at nighttime come back um, and handle 911 calls and go to the jail and hang out with them um, and, and just still live the experience with them, even though, you know, I'm technically number one. Yeah. Yeah. The question just came in right here on, on my phone. Yeah. Who, who do you think would win in a foot race? You or Deputy Clark? Oh, well, which de- 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 Cam Clark? Oh, come on, man. So funny story. <laughs> funny story. I live out here in Yelm and, you know, Deputy Clark's a hardworking guy. He likes finding stuff. So he goes and stops this, this, you know, beat up SUV and this SUV takes off from him. And I get in the pursuit with him and um, he's telling me that his patrol car is a piece of crap and it's slow. So we, I need to pass him so that we can actually catch this guy. And I'm like, oh, God. And so we this car ends up wrecking out and the guy takes off and starts climbing over fences uh, through fields. and. And it looks painful because these are all barbed wire fences and he's like leaning over them and like Ooh. falling over. And I'm like, oh, that's got to be bad on the belly. But, you know, Deputy Clark was he, that he's coming at me with that because uh, he watched me chase that dude down in that field. And uh, it was like a cheetah. Like a cheetah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So funny story or a cool fact, I should say about me. I've never lost a foot chase. I've awesome. had cars. I've had cars lose me, but I'm like 40. Oh, that's right. I'm like 43 for 43 in, in foot chases. Uh, so oh, no one's been able to outrun me yet, but I feel like every time I say that I'm closer to losing my first foot chase. Uh, oh, so I'm trying to keep the streak alive. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how see it goes. What happens. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I would definitely beat um, Cam Clark and, and a foot chase. That's no question. Um now, the issue is that, um, you know, once I actually catch them, I might need Cam Clark to come help me. <laughs> so, you know, I'm kind of a smaller guy, so um, I'm going to need his big, strong, you know, jujitsu muscles to come over here and uh, yep. help me take that person into custody. So it's a team sport. It it's really a team is. sport, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might catch the bad guy, but he'll help you up. <laughs> yeah, I need, I need his help, though. So That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. Deputy Sheriff uh, Derek Sanders, I thank you for your time so much, man. Please. Let's reach out. Let's reconnect. Let's uh, after this whole yeah. thing, let's sit down yeah. again and do it again, huh? Awesome. Yeah, All absolutely. Right. Thank you so much for having me, Adam. Thank you, sir. All right, man. Be safe. Be safe.